are. They're shutting the schools down. They're closing the schools. Give grandma her lunch. <laughs> you know, give, no, well, you give them their you know, food. If Stop. you want tax cuts for rich people, you, we can't afford things like that, Is Charmy. that really it's why this the way is happening? Is. Yes, that is why. The other thing that people aren't dealing with is the gutting of the American middle class because of uh, the trade deficit. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do about this. I, I, I talk about it. I try to explain. I, I hold articles like today's Thursday, August 11th. This is the Detroit Free Press. I go through the, I go into the grocery store and I say, look at this. I show, try to show this to people. And, you know, what are you showing me? It's We're playing. out of time, oh. Charmy. We've got to ease into. Well, I know my, my music isn't playing. That's okay. my cue. That's I'm your a cue to, of habit. to fade out. This is WCBN FM 88.3. Where's your anger, people? Renegade Why aren't these solutions. people in the streets? Because they're exhausted. They're trying to work. They're trying to juggle jobs. They're trying to juggle family. They're exhausted. Or what? Or else they want to keep their stuff. Is that what it is? <laughs> you know? They've got uh, like a comes. lot of stuff that they want to keep. i got to go to Target and buy sheets, Charmy. Well, That's horrible. i got to go, though. i got to go buy this sheets. Is, this is why they're not going to institute the draft to fight these wars of choice. I mean, 35 years ago, it was kids protesting. Now it's going to be kids and their parents and their grandparents. It's going to be more than Cindy Sheehan. There, that makes me feel better. Thank you. Mike Perini's up next, waiting patiently. This is Renegade Solutions. I know I don't sound too much like it, but please remember we're all related. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. Box a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe that means I have Half a mind to stay and good evening, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN, yo, and and hi, it's Mike. This is a show about food, Pandora's Lunchbox is. It's uh, just a little after 6.30 on Thursday, as it is every time that it is at this time of week. What I'm trying to say is I have attention deficit disorder, and some people say that's what's wrong with this country, and if that's what's wrong with this, with this country, with this country, then perhaps you and I can share this moment, and then the very next moment, which is going to come right after that one, and then another moment, and another moment, and another moment. Right. This is the Attention Deficit Disorder edition of Pandora's Lunchbox. There's a lot of interesting news articles right now in the newspaper, things happening that have peripheral or direct relations to food, and I want to share it all with you. Something very interesting in Wayne County, this happened last Friday, just too late to make to the last Pandora's Lunchbox, but I think this is very interesting and cultural. 
Uh, Wayne County is going to punish false claims that meat is halal or kosher from meat vendors. This is uh, uh, this is a new... Uh, let me just let the article speak because I can't speak. This is from the Associated Press. Wayne County commissioners have voted to make it a misdemeanor for restaurant owners, butchers, and other food sellers to falsely claim that their meat conforms to Islamic or Jewish religious laws. This came after the commission received several complaints that sellers said meat was certified as halal or conforming to Islamic regulations when it was not. As the popularity of halal has increased, so have complaints, said County Executive Robert Facano. Butchers now can simply say their meat is halal and charge a premium price. Halal food includes beef, lamb, or chicken slaughtered according to Islamic law. Kosher food is prepared according to Jewish rules. Some Muslims say they fear food sellers might try to save money by skirting halal rules. One vendor says you wonder if they're just saying it's halal. It's a gut instinct. Actually, this would be uh, not a vendor, sorry, but this person is saying you wonder if they're just saying it's halal. It's a gut instinct. You wonder if those huge supermarkets are really following the Islamic way. A food seller violating the new ordinance, which goes into effect in September, could face a $500 fine and up to 90 days in jail. While halal food once was hard to find, it now is available at a number of chain supermarkets and restaurants in metropolitan Detroit. They include two McDonald's restaurants and a big boy restaurant in Dearborn, which is the center of southeastern Michigan's Arab American community of about 300,000. Not the big boy, but Dearborn is. Now businesses claiming to sell halal or kosher items must post signs identifying the slaughterhouse and wholesaler. According to Islamic law, halal meats must come from an animal slaughtered quickly to minimize pain, and the butcher must pray during the slaughter. Several statewide statutes have been enacted in New Jersey and Illinois in recent years. This is interesting. This is Wayne County food sellers facing possible fines if they claim that their meat is halal or kosher, and in fact it is not. Another food item, this is not a specific Michigan thing, but this is scientifical and foodical and things like that. But uh, scientists have cracked the DNA code of rice, according to the Associated Press. An international team of scientists has deciphered the genetic code of rice. It's the first crop plant in which scientists have identified virtually all of the 389 million chemical building blocks of its DNA. Richard McCombie is one of the project's leaders. He says the advance will help breeders produce new rice varieties with traits such as higher yield, improved nutritional content, and better resistance to disease and pests. And this is something that I think you and I can all do our homework on, whether or not these things turn out to be genetically modified or not. It's definitely all worth researching. And that also came to mind when I saw another article. Again, this just to remind you, this is the Attention Deficit Disorder edition of Pandora's Lunchbox. Another article, which just happens to be in my hands. They've made a white bread that has whole grain in it. Okay? And this is from the Associated Press as well. It took scientists eight long years and millions of dollars to sneak whole grains into that spongy, yeasty icon of U.S. health unconscious consumerism. This is from Emily Fredericks of the Associated Press. Now that they've done it, food manufacturers have begun releasing a bevy of products they hope will get people to eat whole grains. The thinking was to get more health into the bread and other products people like. But in the process, they've created some confusion, even as the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is still trying to define whole grain products. ConAgra Foods, one of the nation's largest food makers, spent at least eight years and several million dollars, as they just said, developing ultra-grain white whole wheat. The grain was bred for its properties and is not considered genetically modified, says Garth Neufer. With a name like Garth, 
you know. A spokesman for the Omaha, Nebraska-based company. The company won't disclose its sales expectations for ultra-grain products. So stuff to look up, to research, to determine, to see what you feel about that and such. And what I feel right now is that I could really use a drink, but I'm not that thirsty, so I'll, I'll take my drink and music. Thank you. dedicated to all our listeners who have had six extra children from getting frisky. You know who you are. That is One Mint Julep by The Clovers. And this is Pandora's Lot. One Mint Julep is like alcohol. I told you this was the... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. The Attention Deficit Disorder. Right. The Attention Deficit Disorder edition of Pandora's Lunchbox. And so this is an opportunity now to bring a bunch of disparate elements together that have to do with food. And perhaps by the end of the show... I'll understand what I'm babbling on about. Now, this weekend in East Lansing is the Great Lakes Folk Festival. And there are a lot of reasons to go there, including music by Steve Riley and the Mamu Playboys, a fine group from Louisiana, and groups from all over the world. There's a group from Ireland there. There's a group of musicians originally from Senegal who now make their home in Canada. Uh, there's Carrie and Lurie Bell, blues musicians. There is a bluegrass band from Tennessee. And all of these artists are performing for free in downtown East Lansing at the, at the, I told you this was the attention deficit, the Great Lakes Folk, the Great Lakes Folk Festival. That's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you can look it up at greatlakesfolkfest.net and find out all about it. 
One reason I'm bringing this up is because there is, aside from the music, there are also cultural events, and I'm going to talk just a little bit from the website from that. This year's Great Lakes Folk Fest showcases a sampling of maritime traditions with artists, cooks, occupational specialists, and other tradition bearers from Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio. There will be an occupational traditions tent where you can observe boat builders at work, sail makers making sails, splicers making wire cable, and knot tires tying nautical knots. And maybe you'll get to have people saying knot tires tying nautical knots five times quickly. And splices. Watch commercial fishers show their fishing techniques and net-making skills and hear their experiences about fishing the Great Lakes. You also could see a recreational traditions tent. You can meet traditional artists who make exquisite Great Lakes model boats and fly fishing rods. Transport yourself to winter. Sounds appealing these days, doesn't it? On a frozen lake and talk with traditional ice fishers who make fishing shanties, fish decoys, and fishing spears. No relation to Brittany. And in the maritime kitchen... Listen and smell as commercial fishers, recreational fishers, and others fry. <laughs> That's not a word. And they, they put the two words together. It's, it's a riot. Others fry, bake, boil, pickle, and smoke Great Lakes fish. From perch to lawyers, burbot, they call burbot lawyers. I'm not sure why. i got to look that up for you. To musky and pike. See a Wisconsin fish boil and hear how the Bayport, Michigan fish sandwich became a community festival. And on the legacy stage, hear maritime traditional artists swap sea stories, sing historical Great Lakes folk songs, relate their own personal tales of storms and tragedies on the Great Lakes, share their nautical know-how, another great phrase. Up there with knot tires tying nautical knots is nautical know-how. Perhaps knot tires tying nautical knots can share their nautical know-how with uh, newbies like me and talk about the one that got away. This is all at the Great Lakes Folk Festival in East Lansing, downtown East Lansing, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I should be more specific. On Friday is the music, and on Saturday and Sunday is the music plus all of these different events. And again, you can go to the web at greatlakesfolkfest.net and find out all about that. Speaking of fly fish, fish flying, and nautical knots, tying nautical gnarly knots, and Britney Spears and all that, this is from the Associated Press. This is actually serious news. Michigan has joined a lawsuit against federal uh, the, the federal mercury policy. This is actually this week. This was decided. Michigan is the 15th state to challenge a new federal regulation of airborne mercury pollution from electric power plants, saying it's too weak. State officials filed a motion with the U.S. Court of Appeals asking to join a lawsuit that contends that the rule lets coal-burning generators evade Clean Air Act requirements. Director of the State Department of Environmental Quality says the federal rule falls far short of the measures needed to protect human health and the environment. A spokeswoman for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, which developed the regulation, says the Bush administration would vigorously defend this rule against any challenges. Mercury is a neurotoxin that can damage the brain and central nervous system and is particularly dangerous to children. Coal-fired power plants are the nation's biggest source of mercury, which settles in waterways and accumulates in fish. Mercury pollution has prompted the Michigan Department of Community Health to issue warnings about eating some types of fish from inland lakes. And Governor Granholm is considering imposing statewide mercury regulations after receiving conflicting advice from a task force in June. And there you have it. That is from the Associated Press. Michigan has joined a lawsuit against the federal mercury policy, and the Bush administration will vigorously defend this rule against any challenges. Now, speaking of fish, I should mention that a fellow who has a fish connection has passed away. A fellow in the movie Big Fish, 
has passed away, and this is from the Associated Press. He died this week. Matthew McGrory, the deep-voiced, seven-foot-plus actor who moved from appearances on Howard Stern's radio show to a high-profile role as a gentle giant in Big Fish, has died. He was 32 years old, and he died of natural causes, apparently. McGrory had sized 29 shoes and for years held a world record for biggest feet not caused by elephantitis. Elephantiasis? I'm sorry, I can't say that. The title led to his appearances on Howard Stern's show in the 1990s. He also attended law school and showed up in music videos before starting his career in Hollywood B-movies. He played a human Sasquatch in 2000's Bubble Boy, an alien in Men in Black 2, and Tiny in the Rob Zombie horror movies House of 1000 Corpses, and the sequel this year, The Devil's Rejects. But his big break was in Tim Burton's Big Fish. Ewan McGregor's character refuses to be intimidated by the size of McGrory's Carl character walking up to shake his hand. Matthew McGrory, Carl in the Big Fish movie, has died at the age of 32 this week. And uh, this show is about fish and about the other thing, frogs. And uh, also about, uh, there you go, there's the frog. It's about that that frog particularly. And... Uh, we're gonna and a frog sitting on a turntable, a very scratchy turntable, and we're gonna come back to that frog in just a moment. But first of all, we're gonna catch uh, some fish. Woke up this morning about a half past four. Food icy tiptoeing across my floor. My ever loving baby with a rod in her hand, heading for the creek called Catfish Land. She yelled at me and said, get up, son, come along with me and let's have some fun. I grabbed my britches and a long cane pole, headed for the red-hot catfish hole. Catfish boogie woogie boogie woogie boogie woogie, catfish boogie woogie boogie woogie boogie woogie, catfish boogie, do it baby with me. Post haste on the bank of the creek Don't make no noise, don't even speak She threaded a worm right on that hook And dropped it in the water in a shady nook The bobber jumped when Mr. Whiskers hit My gal flipped and throwed a fit She pulled and tugged and yelled, what's wrong? I said, baby, that's a big and that cat's real gone Catfish boogie woogie Catfish boogie woogie string of blue cap happiness she smiled at me and her eyes did roll she said set your pole and let's take a stroll we walked along the creek me and my miss she gave me a hug and a great big kiss she held me close and said i love you i said i got all of this and fishing too catfish boogie boogie going on in Michigan right there. That's Catfish Boogie by Tennessee Ernie Ford. Tennessee Ernie Ford. That's that's Michigan. Tennessee. Tennessee. I don't know what I mean. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and food and culture, and wait, there's culture in my food. 
Coming up in just a moment, Arwolf will help us face the music. That's in about 10 minutes. Arwolf facing the music on WCBN FM Ann Arbor and helping us make it easier to do as well. A couple of things going on in town. Just want to quickly mention, first of all, um, if you were a fan of the Del Rio, you should know what the future of the space is now. Del Rio is not coming back. The Del Rio, which uh, closed actually New Year's Day of 2004, uh, what's happening is that the Grizzly Peak Brewing Pub will be moving into that space. They will be moving in, and they are going to grow into it, if I understand correctly. Yes, indeed. So the Grizzly Peak Pub is moving into there. Also mentioning, speaking of brew pubs and things like that, a, there will be a microbrewery, a new microbrewery coming to Ypsilanti, which warms my heart because I'm an Ipsy boy. Uh, the owners of the Arbor Brewing Company have gotten the city of Ypsilanti to okay to <laughs> have gotten to the Ipsy to okay the rezone the thing. Now, for our listeners who are have do not have lexiconal problems like me, the owners of Arbor Brewing Company in Ann Arbor have gotten the city of Ypsilanti's okay to rezone one and three quarter acres on Norris Street, Ypsilanti, for a new microbrewery. So that's underway. That's on tap, as they say. There is also the Frog Island Microbrewery that is near Frog Island in Ypsilanti. Frog Island is not far from Depot Town. If you didn't know the reference points, there you go. And speaking of frogs, this is all very important. The connections are important, and the frogs are important. And um, I think our frog here is, is sitting on the turntable, spinning around. And, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, there we go. Frog spinning around, and he just wants to... Thank you for coming to the studio to join us today, Mr. Frog. I just want you to know that... Uh, thank you. Yes, that's true. Oh, is this frog skipping? Skip to my loop. Okay, here's a piece of information that you may not have known. There is a frog that used to incubate its young in its belly. That would be the, gra- the gastric brooding frog. The gastric brooding frog. Sadly, this frog species is now extinct. The frog was somehow able to stop production of hydrochloric acid, which air in the digestive fluids while raising baby frogs. The female swallowed the eggs and kept the developing brood in her stomach until they passed tadpole stage, at which time they came hopping out of her mouth. Wow. And that's from Fact or Crap, which is, in fact, uh, another day calendar that I keep reading. Speaking of frogs, that made me wondering about the... That made me wondering... Oh, heavens. That made me wonder about the Smeet Frog of Ypsilanti legend. Again, Frog Island Connections, Frog Island Brew, Frog... You got it? No. Amy Whitesall wrote this in the Ann Arbor News recently. According to local urban legend, the frog part of the name Frog Island comes from the Smeet Frog, a furry, flying variety of Arctic frog said to spend its winters in and around the Huron River, particularly in Ypsilanti. Since the Smeet allegedly spends most of its time hibernating under mossy rocks, it's nearly impossible for the untrained eye to spot. A plaque used to tell about the frog but the plaque was removed after a group of fourth graders called the city out for presenting the story as if it were fact. Somewhere there is a plaque talking about the imaginary Smeet Frog, and now the plaque seems to be imaginary. It's all very mysterious. Meanwhile, in Depot Town, not far from Frog Island, in Depot Town is the Dreamland Theater. We've had guests from the Dreamland Theater on the program. They have these marionette shows of great creativity. They have musical performances. They have all kinds of stuff. Coming up later this month is a performance of the puppet show The Smeet Frog versus the Sundress of Doom. In this story, says DreamlandTheater.com, 
the Smeet Frog must save the day once again when he and little Timmy happens upon a sinister plot devised by Dr. Darkula and his cohort, Koha, and his cohort, lawyer Numbrester. The diabolical duo invent a sundress woven out of black widow spider silk so that when... <laughs> okay, we're having... Uh... This is the uh, Attention Deficit Disorder program of Pandora's Lunchbox. The diabolical duo invent a sundress woven out of black widow spider silk that, when worn by unsuspecting girls, turns them into unstoppable precision shopping machines. Will the Smeet Frog and Timmy be able to save Timmy's friend Susie from the effects of the dress and receive yet another medal of commendation from Mayor Tiller? Come see the show and find out. That's at the Dreamland Theater. Friday, August 19th, Saturday, August 20th, and Sunday, August 21st. And you can get more information at dreamlandtheater.com. In the meantime, let's go fishing. Frank Allison and the Odd Sox, and the shortest song that I've just played right there. Yes, that was Fishin' by Frank Allison and the Odd Sox. They, formerly of Ann Arbor, now for, now just formerly. And coming up in five minutes, once again letting you know that it is Face the Music with our Wolf. I'm still Mike, and we'll be in for at least five minutes. A few more food-oriented items. This is from Mexico City from the Associated Press this week. Some Mexican truck and bus makers and distributors have denounced plans to grandfather illegally imported used vehicles from the U.S. And I'm always interested in the use of grandfather as a verb. You know, my grandfather was a verb, and he gave birth to a couple of nice little nouns. And Okay. To grandfather illegally imported used vehicles in the U.S., which I hope I can explain this to those who might not know the verb grandfather, meaning basically that they're making rules to prohibit illegally imported used vehicles in the U.S., and hopefully these people are trying to get it so that the older illegally... Hello, the older illegally used vehicles can make it. The appeal by nine industry associations to stop these plans to grandfather the vehicles came as the Mexican Congress considers a new amnesty for more than an estimated two, two million illegal vehicles. There's too many words in that sentence. The Mexican Congress is considering a new amnesty for about 2 million illegal vehicles. In Mexico, the vehicles are known as chocolates. Okay, that's that's why I had to tell you. And finally, this news here, and this is probably the whole reason we're here. Police say a man was arrested yesterday and charged with driving while intoxicated, grand larceny, and other offenses. This is in Buffalo, New York. 
Police say the man drove off in a Frito-Lay delivery truck after the driver left the keys in the ignition. A witness told police that the man stepped out of the truck with a box of chips and offered to sell the whole truck for $20. But he said he'd settle for $5 because he wanted a beer. He wanted a beer for a truck. Officers say the man hit two parked cars before he was apprehended while trying to hide behind a building. I'm invisible when I'm drunk. You can't see me. Authorities say he had a blood alcohol content of .26, more than three times the legal limit. Well, I, I have no more to say. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for at least 52 minutes or something. Our Wolf will help you face the music in just a moment. This has been a show about food and will continue to be next week, Thursday at 6.30. But let's wrap it up with another song about fishing. This is The Replacements. All he wants to do is fish. See you on the boat. That's all he-